Hey, everyone. As you may recall, last week's episode was part one of our conversation about The Last Jedi with Josh Mesker from the Outer Rim Facebook group. It was a really fun time, uh, but it was so long that we decided to split it into two parts. Well, this week is part two, and it's even longer than last week, so buckle up, and I hope you all enjoy it. So it is time. The Jedi was then. Time it is. Mm-hmm. For you to look past a pile of old books. The sacred Jedi texts. Ooh. Read them, have you? Well, I page turners, they were not. Yes, yes, yes. Wisdom they held, but that library contained nothing that the girl Ray does not already possess. Skywalker, still looking to the horizon. Never here. The need in front of your nose. I was weak, unwise. Lost Ben Solo, you did. Lose Ray, we must not. I can't be what she needs me to be. Heeded my words not, did you? Pass on what you have learned. Strength, mastery, hmm. but weakness, folly, failure also. Yes, failure most of all. The greatest teacher failure is. <laughs> Luke. We are what they grow beyond. That is the true burden of all masters. So what I told you is true, from a certain point of view. So I want to go to a point of the story and I'm sure like we can't have a last Jedi discussion without talking about Ray and Kylo, but I want no. to, f- no, no, we definitely can't, but I want to first go to this point. So there's this point in the movie where all of our major stories are fast, are like, are like speeding up and they're like rapidly speeding up toward each other. And and they converge at this point where the lightsaber, the the Skywalker lightsaber splits in half because of Rey and Kylo. Um, force pulling yeah. it apart because they're equal in power. And then um, then uh, Phasma and, and oh, Finn, Phasma and Finn uh, start their thing, start their fight. And then... The Haldo maneuver happens. Yeah. Okay, before we get really deep into this, I just want to say this moment in this movie, like this whole like, – between all the scenes, all of, everything that's happening converging into this one moment is one of mm-hmm. my favorite Star Wars moments of all time. I, I'm As I'm talking about it, I'm getting chills. Not just yeah. the visuals. I, I, I is, know exactly what you're about. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's – it is – it is literally just – it – 
I, I it's so powerful in so many ways, and it's so well directed. And, and, and I just I can't really um, I can't really talk enough about how much I love this part. And so this I remember sitting in the theater for this part. Um, and really, honestly, the the part of the film that I that is my favorite, it's it is really like it, if I'm just like ranking like like a like a five to ten minute span of the movie, it really starts when Kylo kills Snoke, and then the lightsaber comes out toward Rey and she catches it, and the music is is happening, Ugh. and and that, so it really starts there with the throne room fight. And all that yeah. stuff, and then the Haldo maneuver happens, and all that. And so, I, I just really, I just remember sitting in the theater, and when that happened, and and I wasn't the only one. There were multiple people in my theater just going, "Oh, wow!" Like it was just <laughs> like this. It was just a beautiful moment, and I. So okay, that said, this apparently is a much maligned part. For many. And so I would like to discuss the Holdo maneuver. <laughs> um, we know we know that it's that it is well, even the people who hate it would say that it is gorgeous, like, you know, shot and all that stuff like that. They can't even the people that I've come across that hate it will say like, yes, of course, it's visually stunning. But um, the 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 science that they have pre-established in the universe, in the Star Wars universe, does not work here. Um, so, boys, take it away. <laughs> what science? <laughs> what science? There's uh, only the Force. I don't... Like, no, no, no. I, okay, I, the rules that, that they feel that Star Wars has previously set in place, they do not feel that it has... that it follows those rules. That is what they would say. Not well, what I would say. Yeah, and the, well, and the part of the issue I have with that is, you know, according to whom, for one thing, number number two, I I ask people to explain what exactly they mean, and there's even debate over the said rules that have been <laughs> established in the first place, and so I I respect differing opinions on it, mm -hmm. I do, but ultimately one thing that I that I say, and I think it's I think it's important, is that I, from the very beginning of Star Wars, Star Wars has played loose with the science fiction side of things. Okay, Star Wars has been more about visually making your jaw drop. Yes. And doing really cool things <laughs> than it has about establishing some type of hard and fast rule over how all the technology should work mm -hmm. and how even space travel should work. Um, and and so, it just isn't, it's a, it, it genuinely is, and I'm not trying to be flippant here, I'm really not, but it really is just like a non-issue for me. Same. And, yep. and, Same. and I, and I don't get the, um, I really don't get the, the consternation over it. Um, I, I think that, 
Um, that that moment is so powerful thematically and, and visually, um, and it shows us something that's never been done in Star Wars before, which I go to Star Wars to see things I've never seen before. Yes. Um, yes. It, it ticked off all those things for me, and I don't feel like Star Wars has ever said this is how everything must function no. within the universe. I mean, we're, we're talking about a space fantasy mm-hmm. here that is not science fiction. Yes, there are lots of science fiction elements to Star Wars, but it is space fantasy. Right. It's it's Lord of the Rings in space, okay? There and, are space and, wizards that we're dealing yeah, with. Yeah, there there are space <laughs> wizards and laser swords and and all those things. And I don't say that to be condescending to anybody else or even downplay Star Wars. What I'm saying is is we've got to put moments like that in perspective because you can start at the very beginning of star of 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 a new hope and and from there watch every star wars movies and pick apart moments just like people pick apart the holdo maneuver yeah. you can I'm, do it over and over yes. and over again and accurate, so accurate stormtroopers obi-wan right. what <laughs> yeah what what i encourage what i challenge folks to do who are very very critical of the holder holdo maneuver is to be consistent in your criticism yes yeah and as but see that takes one down a path that maybe they don't want to go yeah because if you're going to be consistent in your criticism that means that you're going to start criticizing sacred cows you know like the original trilogy (laughs) and um which is apparently infallible and there's nothing wrong with it you know and Mm. and and everything and and so um (laughs) so 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 truly truly and genuinely the the you know when i saw the hold on maneuver i didn't even think that that was going to become a big issue and then i come out of the movie and then people are just you know, the just, just, just <laughs> losing, the losing mind. their, yeah, I know that, that, that just, I totally heard Heath Ledger. <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, but, um, you know, if it was even just a one in a million thing, um, that's fine with me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You know, it was her, it was the last chance Holdo felt like she had and she took it, mm-hmm. okay? And she was mid-hyperspace when she rammed into the other ship in the first place. And so... <coughs> I might have had an issue with it if, if, she, if she, like, came out on the other side alive. <laughs> like... Yeah. Like, but that's not what happened. She sacrificed no, her life. Right. And the reason why she didn't come out on the other side is quite literally, it shows you visually that (laughs) she hasn't fully hit hyperspace before she runs into the other ship in the first place. Right. She has not done that. Right. And so I don't see how that's a logical inconsistency, you know, um, at, at all. And so those are my thoughts on it. I know that some people will go, that's too simple. You're, you're disregarding the criticisms. no. I'm just 
framing <laughs> them in a particular yeah. perspective yeah. here. Um, no, uh, because and, it, oh, you go ahead, man. Sorry. You know, if I started doing that, I would end up tearing down. Sure. Every Star every every Star Wars movie. Absolutely. And and the thing is, I get I get the thought, you know, like if you create rules in a universe, then you need to stick to them. Um if if this was um uh, I I don't know. If this was a Christopher Nolan movie besides a superhero movie, like if this was a if this was Inception, you have to create very specific rules inside this movie and you have to stick to them or it becomes a complete mess. And mm-hmm. so um, so like that to me makes total sense. But when you're dealing with space wizards and you're dealing with 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 space fantasy, um, yeah, like it like that stuff would bother me in those types of movies. But when I was watching The Last Jedi, the last thing on my mind was, wait, they can do that. What? Why didn't they do that before? Like, the the last thing on my mind was oh. that the thing that I was on my mind was, oh my gosh, how did yeah. this is this is the, the one of the most amazing things I've ever seen on the screen right now. Yeah. And so and let me, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. And let me tell you why it wasn't standard practice before, because the Rebel Alliance and the Resistance afterwards did not make it a standard practice to kamikaze their own pilots okay that i mean give me a break yeah give me a break that's not a that's not a good guy thing to do yeah you know that's like that's like i mean what where are you turning them this this is not like bombing pearl harbor okay (laughs) this is this is this is you know this is holdo's just it's just she's just doing it because it's the only thing that she can think of clearly that's not what you're gonna you know you're not gonna waste lives and ships doing that on a regular basis just yeah. as standard yeah. practice you know you're not when gonna you do have that. 12 people yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah and especially after Poe yeah kind of yeah yeah, Poe messed up, y'all. You know, Poe messed up. The hurt. He 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 did big time. He yeah, Poe messed up big time. time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's that's that. Ben, do but you yeah. have thoughts on this before we go to another? Yeah, part? Yeah, yeah, I know. I know that I kind of I yelled at the beginning. Um, that's like my <laughs> initial internal reaction, and it just kind of escaped my body. But I like, <laughs> okay. and I know that there's a lot of probably logic to that, uh, or, or logic that doesn't line up with it. But I think that like the reason I say like like bringing in like the force and everything it's the same reason like y'all kept y'all keep calling star wars space fantasy because that's what it is it's not it's not star trek if you want you know a universe that has a, all these like scientific things like laid out and all this stuff go to star trek they've got all that which also you. has our which earth is awesome. in it it's like yeah. it the, our rules are in that <laughs> that universe too yeah and it's accomplishing it's its own thing that i really appreciate for what of it course, is yeah but like but Star Wars has always been a place where, like, things happen and it leaves you with things that don't make sense that may not always line up in our world. I don't want it to be realistic. I don't want it to be, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't want this to be grounded in reality or whatever. Um, I'm okay with the fact that, you know, Obi-Wan and Anakin can fight 
an inch from lava and not just burst into flames. I'm fine with it. Um, I, we like none of us batted an Shouldn't eye at have that. Happened. Um, but but you know what? It happened. It should have been hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we like marshmallows. But. Yeah, you could totally do it with any other movie. Um, in the whole series, um, none of us were flipping out when Luke ignited a green lightsaber for the first time. We're like, that's cool. Um. But, but there'd never Ray been green lightsaber before, and people lose their <laughs> minds. Um, and so, <laughs> it's just it's never been green lightsabers before. How dare they? Yeah, it's a, it's exactly. a new color that does not establish that is not keeping with the rule that all lightsabers have to be blue Kyber or crystals red. are either blue or red. <laughs> okay, Yo, that just breaks. A George big Lucas rule. literally gave Base Windu a purple lightsaber because. Samuel L. Jackson wanted it to be purple. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> like, that is how e- flippant these rules are. That is how because even loosey-goosey we are here. Because that's the playground that Lucas wanted to play in. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he wanted, what he wanted was for the mythology to be tight. There yes. we go. Oh, dude, that's such a good point. Oh, my God. Okay. He wanted the mythology and the storytelling the core of it to be tight and relatable and to that establish our connection to it. Mm. He and everything else outside of that is just like whipped cream and cherries. Okay. And sprinkles. Yeah. Um, um, because strip away the story of star Wars and you just have another space action movie. Right. In, in a lot of ways. What makes Star Wars special is the combination of the story that George Lucas started plus all the action and spectacle that surrounds it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Dude, that's such a good point. I love... I haven't really heard anyone put it that way before. That's so good. Yeah. It's about so, the mythology. Okay, so so we've we've discussed the Holdo maneuver in particular... Uh, one little one one story. I, I I would like to talk about a couple of stories before we like. I feel like we need to kind of hit some highlights before we end end our conversation. But uh, before we really go, we I feel like we'll probably go nice and in depth with Kylo and uh, Ray. Um, but I would really like to at least talk about one of the, these are probably the two areas that I have the biggest issues in the movie. Um, probably two of my my least favorite parts of the movie would be um, F- Poe's story with with Haldo, like why she didn't um, why she didn't like communicate with him at the beginning. I've never fully grasped that. Like to me, like it seemed like there could have been a lot that was avoided. Um, and I've seen the movie like twenty times. I, I I usually am just thinking like I get it. Like he's being a douche right now. But also, like, she could just tell him and so much, like, so many things that could have been gone better if she would have just told him the plan. And so that one thing kind of drove me crazy. And then we can also talk about the Finn and Rose story on Canto Bite after that. So. We, do we have to? All right. 
So I think I guess we can all just agree that's the worst part of the movie. <laughs> yeah, but I've even reconciled myself with that too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we I, can get into I that. I think a I can say, and yeah, I, I think I can say really confidently now that I actually like the stuff that's outside of the casino on Cantobite. I didn't like the casino scene, and it's just really just a personal taste. I didn't like the, the I didn't like DJ the guy that. They went the programmer or whatever I can't remember what he was called. Codebreaker. The codebreaker, yeah. I didn't like I didn't like him as a character really, and then I didn't like the whole casino setting. But I really do actually really like the world, and I like the whole broom boy aspect of it all. I liked that stuff about it. Well, and just the um, the Canto Bite thematically represents the gray area that the Last Jedi plays around with. Yeah. Um, and we can get into that, too. So thematically, people can talk about how maybe it slows down the pacing of the film a little bit, or maybe there are some things that should have been, if they were going to go there, there should have been some different things done uh, from a storytelling standpoint. But but one thing that people do need to recognize is thematically with the story that The Last Jedi is telling, Canto by actually fits really well thematically. Sure, sure. Um, uh, and we can, you know, we can get into that in a in a in a minute um i've heard people say when it comes to the the poe and holdo dynamic well why didn't they just put a line in there about you know she didn't even have to tell the whole tell the plan she could have said hey we think there could be you know we're at this point we're concerned about a mole you know in the resistance or something like that and so i need you all to trust me and but i have to keep this close to my my chest because I don't know who I can trust, right. you know, kind of thing. I would argue that that, and it would have been fine if that was in the movie. Um, wouldn't have had an issue with a couple lines like that. Um, couple, you know, but I would argue that that would actually be unnecessary exposition. And, and, and the reason why I say that is, is this, um, Holdo is going into this leadership position knowing a few things. One, they barely have any. Leia did before slipping into a coma was demote Poe. She doesn't know the history between those two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, not like you would think she does because she was she was on a she was on a she was admiral of another ship in the first place um so she so the last act of leia before slipping into a coma was into a coma was demoting poe for a serious misjudgment mm-hmm. and Big and time. direct direct disobedience as well yeah um of a from a from a commanding officer and it resulted in massive loss of life for his own ego. Okay. Yeah. Um, and and so the the and I believe that Poe in, in in a lot of ways still had the best intentions. You know, he's he loves the adrenaline and he wants to take down the dreadnought and 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 and, and everything. So, but but what he learns through. That situation and Holdo and um, and and so forth is that is that very lesson that there are there's there's a time to fight and there's a time to re- retreat and regroup, 
you know, and and if and the people under your command are willing to lay down their lives, but it's your responsibility to ensure as best as possible that they don't if they don't have to lay down their lives mm-hmm. that you save their lives too. And I love that aspect of and the story. I do. So so the right. And so she had no reason to trust Poe. Mm-hmm. Zero. Zero reason to trust Poe, zero reason to tell him anything, in my opinion. Um, on top of that, he is basically openly defying her authority and likely, in her mind, creating an insurrection <laughs> in the first place. <laughs> because he is openly in front of everybody left on that ship defying her her authority. And so what she has to do in that moment is she has to shut him down. And she can't show weakness, and she can't tell him anything. And and so, for me, anyway, and I get that, again, I get when people say, man, I wish a line here or two would have been there to kind of maybe fill, mm-hmm. you know, an issue that I have. I would have been fine with that and totally okay with that. I think that maybe the end result of that may have actually perhaps taken away a little bit of the tension and so probably Ryan Johnson was thinking, I've got to keep the tension between these two characters in this situation and everything being in disarray on this ship and things falling apart and, you know, a, a mini insurrection basically occurring here. And if she tells everybody everything, then then that uh then that ruins the that ruins the tension of the scene. So yeah, I have sure, to have yeah. a justifiable reason for her to, and I don't think it's contrived. I, I think that as a writer, he was like, so how how can I justify this? Well, because I don't want to just make it contrived and have there have there be tension for for no reason and basically a contrivance. Yeah. And so and so I think that if I'm if I'm explaining this correctly that that she didn't trust poe she knows the last thing that leia did he's openly defying her authority she doesn't know who she can trust um as a result that takes care of the issue for me mm-hmm. for me yeah it yeah, might not those are really good points those are good points for sure yeah and i mean i think that like I, I agree with pretty much everything that you just said. I think that a big reason why she didn't, you know, communicate those things on the front end is that you know he was he was um, he was placed under her, her under her command to learn you know to learn from her and to learn a lesson. And I think that the biggest lesson he needed to learn was that he's not always right for one thing, and he needs to learn to um, take orders from his leadership even whenever, um, you know, he maybe doesn't agree with it or he it doesn't make sense to him or whatever. Now, you can make the argument that, like, she could have at least, like, heard him out a little bit or whatever. But honestly, sure. she didn't She didn't owe him that. He uh, yeah, had I, I think no... you're right. She didn't owe him that. And I think that – but I do think that was probably as – just as the kind of person that I tend to be – I think yeah. I would have heard him out. You know what I mean? Right. And yeah. so like it just frustrated me that she wouldn't even hear him out. But yeah. y'all's points are so good about this totally. Um but yeah, that's I think that I think that's probably the you just kind of made it 
crystal clear why it bothered me so much. It was like, oh, it's because I would hear him out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I would probably yeah. hear him out. And I'm not saying that's the right thing to do. I don't even think it, it might it might not be, but that's probably what I would be inclined to do in that situation. And so it dr- just drives me crazy that there's just so much that happens and mm-hmm. Really, all of it could have been solved by her just like, hey, this is happening. <laughs> and so yeah. I think just bottom line, that frustrated me big yeah. time. Right, right, right. And and I totally get that. Yeah. And I and like I said, I would argue that had that happened there, I mean, it really would have sucked the the tension, you know, mm-hmm. out and the conflict out. 100%. And, 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 but again, he had to find a way to justify that conflict. It would have made that, that whole section that I was talking about where all three stories, stories converge. It would have made it a little less mm -hmm. awesome. It would have taken away. It, it, it would. And, um, and, and so, you know, I, you know, I would, I would actually argue that Poe, you know, knowing most likely something about the relationship and the trust that's there between, because Leia is going to know all of her admirals. Mm-hmm. Okay, she's going to know all their admirals. She's going to have a relationship with them. And so Poe, I would argue, had he not been a hothead, he would have gone, well, if Leia trusts her, then so do I. Mm. Yep. Because I respect Leia. Yep. You know, and if but this- he didn't. And he had something that he had to learn through that. And let's be honest, I don't think Holdo, I think Holdo is intentionally divisive because the film even shows some some chinks, some anxiety, some uncertainty in her too. Mm-hmm. Okay? It doesn't portray her as this perfect... The film does not portray her as like this perfect uh, commanding officer. No. Okay? You see... You see the anxiety in her, you know, you see the hesitancy um, mm-hmm. that's there and um, and the conflict that she's experiencing going into commanding this ship, not knowing anybody on it and and having to figure out who she can who she can trust. And let's be honest, at that point in time, she could not trust Poe at all. Right? Very and, fair. And, yeah. <laughs> and I think that like this kind of also. I mean, like, like Michael, I think that you had mentioned this at one point. Like, some people wish that instead, like, some people just didn't like Holdo as a character and didn't understand why it was her and why it wasn't someone like maybe Akbar. I have um, actually said that I wish it was Akbar instead. Yeah. yeah. So, like, so going down that line of thought, I think that, like, maybe people, you know, to, like, I guess play devil's advocate or whatever for a second, people may have found it easier to digest that treatment of Poe. Like, the commanding officer still not communicating with him and everything. If it was with a character, like even Leia, if it was Leia for some reason, don't you know, but like somebody that we have had established trust with, it would have maybe been more digestible. Like, like for instance, in Harry Potter, uh, five, uh, Dumbledore doesn't talk to Harry for the entire year and it's infuriating, but you trust Dumbledore. Like there's an established trust there. You're like, okay, he knows what he's doing. And, and I'm really upset at him because he's not, you know, even looking at Harry for some reason. Um, but you trust him, you know, and mm-hmm. you know that he knows what's best. 
um, we don't really get a chance to build that trust with Holdo, I guess. And that's hard for people whenever, you know, we see Poe, who it's like, we know him, and we know that he's really just trying his best, um, even though he makes mistakes. But this person won't give him a chance, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that may be the point of frustration with a lot of people, is like, who's this person to tell him who to do... Who did like to do all this stuff? But it's like you know, well, who she's else in felt that role. <laughs> Poe felt that way uh, well, too. Yeah. You and know? I'm just like, well, well, guys, you know, there are other ships, and there's a chain of command, and yep, <laughs> it fell to it fell to her. Like this yeah. is not complicated. Yeah, like, you know, and and so, but I, I mean, I get that, and I get that, you know, I mean, I love. By the way, I love Admiral Akbar. I think he's a great side character and everything. I would probably argue though that that Akbar is best in uh, uh, just like short bursts. Sure. Um, I, I'm not sure how long you want Akbar like monologuing or like getting angry in somebody's face or something <laughs> like that. Like because because I love Akbar, but he's goofy, man. Like he's he's you know guys out there on the internet do not send me you know do not send me angry Facebook messages or anything <laughs> like like seriously but you know Akbar is awesome love him as a character but but I, to give him know, that much cho- to do to give him to give him that much to do where he's where he's you know in somebody's face and he's you know uh, and 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 all that stuff I I. I, I could probably argue that that it that it needed to be a you know needed to be an officer from another ship um and and get the get the human drama yeah. there that you know that that yeah. you needed um um you know but I actually get I get where people get frustrated that that Akbar was basically basically killed off and, screen, and I think know, that I, is probably the root of it. I, you know, when you really think about it, you're right. Putting Akbar 100 yeah. percent as the character that Haldo is would not have worked at all. It would have been goofy. It would have as been. Heck. <laughs> it would have been. Okay. It, I mean, that would have oh, been. I mean, that would have been I mean, Jar Jar level goofy. You got this alien fish thing like in your face, <laughs> yeah. like you know, you know. You know, yeah. You know, you know. I can't, I can't handle sass of that magnitude. You know, <laughs> it's a trap. And and and, and no, you do not. No, Akbar <sighs> is a meme because yeah. he has like five lines in the entire saga. Okay, one of the you greatest. Know? But yes, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's why Akbar is awesome. Yes, you yeah. know. But but to yes, at one hundred percent to your point. Um, but I think that is probably where that thought came from. It was just the fact that he was done away with so unceremoniously. It was just like, yeah. and he just is gone. And and yeah. it was like, but really, if you think about it, like you just said, how much was Akbar really in Star Wars? <laughs> Not that much. Well, well, no, and it, it's it's like you know, just fans. I, you know, you, you over time, you just and you watch Star Wars over and over and over again, and then all of a sudden, Admiral Akbar, who has like five lines in the original trilogy, you're like, oh my gosh, I like that creepy fish thing. That that guy <laughs> is awesome, Fair and rules. he's like a meme now. Mm-hmm. And and um, I mean, I love Akbar; he's great. Of course. And uh, but but and I, and so I get 
I get people going, man, I wish he could have gone out kind of in a blaze of glory and, you know, maybe, maybe had a final stand on the bridge that failed, but a final stand nonetheless, yeah. you know, yeah. I get that, but it just doesn't, it doesn't rise to the level of anger for me. Yeah. Like, and that's it, putting, it char- just, that's putting, that's <laughs> putting one small character before the story. That's, that's. Yeah. That is trying to make the story serve one character that is barely in Star Wars at all. And that that it doesn't work that way. And it really, really doesn't. I think I said that in a really emotional state. Yeah. Yeah. Well, (laughs) and I I get it because because, you know, I I totally get that. But you you know, and and I don't I don't disparage that at all in those reactions at times. I, I try to I try to explain the difference though between Fan service for the sake of it and fan service that actually illuminates and lifts up the story that's trying to be told. Yeah. Um, and a fan service that feels natural mm-hmm. and organic and part of the story, not not fan service that just feels constantly like forced and put into your, you know, for put into example, your face. Yoda early on in the movie or later on in the movie is total fan service that totally works in the movie narratively it is the best moment of fan service plus storytelling again Mm -hmm. one of the best moments of fan service plus meaningful storytelling Mm -hmm. in the entire saga agreed and so when you and so when you meld those together you get you get meaning and you get purpose when when you start demanding that things just have to show up or you're not going to be happy with it what you're what you're saying maybe without realizing it what some people are saying without realizing it is it doesn't matter the story that's being told you know that that doesn't matter i've got to see a b and c and if i don't i'm going to be unhappy you know yeah. no you know no no matter no matter what um so yeah. um uh you know and then you know through that experience that he goes through you know, at the beginning of the film, Poe, and then seeing Holdo sacrifice and then being down on crate, where he then makes the conscious decision to tell everyone to retreat because he's yeah, not man. going to do the same thing yeah. that he did last time. So good. Uh, is so good. And, um, and, but, but, but there goes Finn kind of pulling a Poe. In some way, you know, there goes Finn pulling a Poe and in a lot of ways and going, you know, no, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to going to do this anyway. Um, and and Finn's heart was absolutely 100 percent in the right place in that it moment. It really was. It was just it yeah. just it was not the right moment <laughs> for, for him. To OK, do answer that. me this, though. Was it the right moment for Rose to kiss him? <laughs> so, you know what? I don't care. You know, I, yeah. I, I think that Rose is an awkward shit mechanic who finally got to see the light of day yeah. <laughs> and had this great adventure with, with Finn and she likes him. Yeah. Um, probably just as, I mean, really just as, you know, who knows what's there, but, but she's, she, he's an actual friend. Well, they she's friend zone now together. one way or another. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, and she, and she decides in that moment to lay one on her. Yeah. 
It's it's a little campy, it's a little cheesy, but show me show me moments in Star Wars that aren't. And um you know, yeah, uh, you know, honestly. and I said so that it, as a I like Rose. I actually don't yeah. understand the whole like man, the 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 hate toward Rose. I I really really don't do not understand the jar jar level hate toward Rose. Does not make any sense to me. I just didn't understand that one moment. Yeah. Like, what? Okay, well, and, whatever. And I, <laughs> right, I know. And, and you know, I've actually said to people, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of when it comes to storytelling that sometimes, like, there there are moments in which the, the, less, you, the less you say, um, the better. You know, and you just completely show it visually. And so I've told people, you know, another way that they could have done that scene is when when Rose crashes into him and 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 Finn runs up to see if she's OK. Um, she, uh, you know, she tries to get words out to him um, and she kind of passes out before she can finish those words. You know, and then he's dragging her inside. Yeah, I think that I think that it could have been done that way too. But I'm not the yeah. you know I'm not the storyteller in that moment. I have a particular way that I like to. Um, I'm kind of dabbling in some screenwriting myself, oh, and cool, uh, <laughs> and uh, and and so I've kind of thought through. Okay, me as somebody who who likes to write and at least attempt to tell stories, how would I have handled that? Maybe I would have handled that scene with a little bit more nuance than Ryan Johnson would have. But it does no injury to me. Sure. And I think <laughs> yeah. that's just I yeah. think that's just a personal I, thing for me. It it I sure. I get irritated at his <clears throat> scenes that come out of nowhere. Like mm. um yeah. I don't even think I, Well then we won't talk about the end of <laughs> Never mind. Rise of the Skywalker, you mean? Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah, 100. <laughs> yeah. percent uh, I I didn't I didn't like that either. But I, I would I would argue that that had at least had more meaning to you. Had yeah. more meaning to me, and it yeah, had at totally least set up like a connection through the all three films between them. That would be sure. like okay, in this moment of extreme emotion when she just came back to life. Um, yeah, mm. I would kiss him too, <laughs> and so. Like, all right, all right, good. Well, yeah, that's all right. Uh, back to Poe, though, uh, you know, and and the who would have known too that that um, you know, nobody knew that Carrie Fisher was going to pass away, and how and obviously, you know, how tragic that was, and you know, because episode nine was supposed to be her movie, you know, in a lot of ways, like. Episode seven was Han Solo's. Mm-hmm. Episode eight was mm-hmm. was Luke's. As far as the legacy character trio is concerned, but that moment in the Last Jedi where she does this symbolic passing of the torch to Poe, you know, yeah. and, and and you know they they start walking, you know, out of that cave or in that direction on on crate, and she's like, "What are you waiting for? Follow him." You know, and she tells them to follow Poe. I love that because, so much. Because yeah. because she realizes that he's learned he's learned the lesson that he needed to mm. that he needed to learn, you know, yeah. in in that moment. And was a very, you know, um 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 appropriate way for 
you know, without them knowing that Carrie Fisher was going to pass away for Leia to kind of pass the, pass the torch on in, in a way. Um, but I love Leia in, in the last Jedi. I do too. Um, I, I think that they gave her a level of, of depth that actually did not exist in the original trilogy. Um, you know, um, and I loved her in the original trilogy, but I think that they gave her, um, they, they gave her some more, more struggle and some more, uh, some more conflict. Yeah, man. You know, in her, um, so. I agree. Uh, and I have, and I, I'm, I'm, I may think that it shot a little awkwardly, but I have no issue with Leia Poppins whatsoever. Okay, so, I was actually going to. I was going to ask you about how you how you felt about it. Um, no problem with it. So, yeah, yeah I think yeah. I think that my biggest issue with it is the uh, is how it shot. Um, yeah, is how it shot. And I've it, seen some recuts of it that I actually like better, um, where it takes the part like and it's seamless too. I've seen a recut of it that somebody did where it kind of takes out the part where all of a sudden she's like. In the recut version, she extends her hand out, and then it cuts to the frame mm. where she's about to come into the ship and leaves out that moment in between. Yeah, where she kind of supermans herself mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, I actually like that. I mean, I but I but, can get behind know. that. I don't have a problem with her moving through space. I have a problem with how it's portrayed. Um, yeah, because like to me, and I think Ben and I have talked about this multiple times. I don't have a problem when new ways to use the force are introduced because that hasn't. I mean, not nothing like that's quite happened <laughs> in Star Wars movies. That doesn't bother me. It's just literally the fact that it it looks like Leia Poppins. It really it really does look like, and, and it's kind of campy how they do it. Um, but I will say, I don't hate it. As much as I used to, I, I definitely, when I first saw it, I was like, wait, what is this crap? <laughs> like, yeah, this is and, weird. And I try to remember too, that, I, I mean, I think that it's framed and kind of shot in there a, a little bit awkwardly myself, but I think what the intention there was to actually give Leia like a truly triumphant yeah, moment, you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, and come on, all she did was pull herself towards the ship yeah and and you know, that's fine she, that's fine you know and and i hear i've got to get to it but i actually hear the same type of thing is done in rebels at some point oh really um yeah and so there was already precedent oh so i can't wait to get um, to that. <laughs> uh i don't know the context i've just yeah. i've i've heard you know i've heard that that's the case but you know um you know i i i've i've said you know that moment for Leia is a fulfillment of what Luke told her in Return of the Jedi when he mm. told her that my sister that has it. Right, and that and that and that she would learn like he has. Mm-hmm. You know? And um, you know, later we find out in The Rise of Skywalker that she had kind of put her lightsaber away because she was in mourning over Ben Solo. Um and so that explains why she hadn't really been doing a lot of training, right? You know, after that. But she's a Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're not talking about, you know, she's a Skywalker, and 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 she's not, 
she's not helpless. She's spent plenty of time with Luke, training with Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, is not ignorant of the Force, and and I see it as a moment where where you know she just it was a it was de- it was a defensive yeah moment. It was like using the Force in defense. Yeah. You know, to save herself. And by the way, if people want to complain, there is a very, very short amount of time where where you can survive in space before you die a terrible death. Mm. Okay, it's a it's a split it's a split moment. There's your science. But <laughs> but but again, we're talking about we're talking about Leia, who's a Skywalker, yeah. yep. who has the Force surging through her blood, um, who. Um, you know, either instinctually use the force to save herself or the force saved her. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we don't always know where that line is in Star Wars, actually, um, because we, we know that the force has a will of its own that it exerts at times as yep. well. Um, which, by the way, I mean, the force is a is a total... I mean, it's that's the it's the most loosey goosey thing. In oh the my entire, gosh! <laughs> the, the entire the entire side, and it needs to be that way. Yes, it absolutely, needs to be that way absolutely, because it's space magic. Yeah. Um. And uh. So it doesn't it doesn't bug me at all. I think it's a really triumphant moment for Leia as a character, mm-hmm. and and fulfills some things that were told, you know, beforehand. Um. You know, in yeah. you know, in Return of the Jedi. And I mean the the people I and I see people who say, "Man, I love Leia," and I believe that they do. But she should have just died right then and there. And Ooh, I'm like, no, 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 I don't, I don't agree with that. No, no, people, no people have said that though. Yeah, I know, you know I, I don't and, agree with and, that though. And, and and I'm like, but don't don't you want Luke and Leia to reunite with each other? You know, what about that moment at the end of The Last Jedi that just, like, brings me to tears every single time? It's so good, almost, man. Where, where mm-hmm. you know, they have their final meeting. Like, you really want to deprive Leia of that moment and Luke of that moment and them coming back together that final time and that that arc that Leia has um, just because you didn't like the fact that she flew through space? Um Come on, let's yeah. you know, let's yeah. let's get real. Yeah, you know, let's get let's get real here. Yeah, man, um, I am I'm with you. Um, overall, I do. I think that I kind of I, I, I kind of agree that it's awkward. It is, and I kind of liken it to this. Okay, so like Ryan Johnson, I completely, I think that he is an amazing director, um, and writer, yeah. and I and I, I just I just saw Knives Out. By the way, oh my go- favorite movie of the year. Honestly, Dude, it was my favorite movie of the year. I'm still working through 2019, but right now Knives Out is at the very, very top of my 2019 list. So It was the most fun I've had in a movie theater all year, and I saw Avengers Endgame five times. <laughs> yeah. It, it oh, was so, amazing. So, so ben, ben, while you've been gone, we're talking about, um, you know, we're still talking about Leia, but then... Knives Out was brought yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Uh, anyway. So, so yeah. I was, so, I was about to. say... I just watched it the other yeah, night. Yeah, he just watched so, it. Yeah. And he loved it just like we did. I, I loved it. Yeah. It's it's at the top of 2019 for Ugh. me right now, and I'm I'm still working through 2019 trying to. Yeah, me too, man. To catch up. Did you see Jojo Rabbit yet? I'm slowly working through it. That's that's next on my list. Um, I watched. Let's see. I watched Knives Out. Um, uh, 
earlier this week, and then the week before that, I watched The Farewell. Oh, I never did see um, that one. Which is really good, and it's on Prime Video if you have Prime. Oh, great. Um, but it's very, very good. Um, 1917. And I haven't seen 1917. Okay. Yeah. I haven't either. But anyway, okay, we got to get back to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what I was saying was, I, I was just saying I love Ryan Johnson as a filmmaker and a, and, and a writer. Um, and so I, I kind of equate that whole Leia Poppins thing to um, I actually liked the idea that he was conveying. I just didn't think it worked how he shot it and how it looked. Kind of like I think yeah. he's I think his That's sense of fair. humor is is very funny overall. But there are some jokes in this movie that do not work at all for me. That general hugs thing at the beginning it it does not it does not work for me. Um, okay, like the, it, the it bad sometimes, it, yeah cell phone call like the bad cell phone commercial at the at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's rough. It, so, but and sometimes it just depends on your sense of humor because I giggle so hard through that whole scene in like a good way like, really <laughs> like and i am just i'm just people yeah. I, I i'm i'm just very my my sense of humor is very quirky yeah uh and well so is and, his <laughs> well and so is his and, and and it's just it's not gonna but man there you know there was i also try to tell people though even if you didn't like the general hugs moment at the beginning of the movie, surely, surely it can't be as eye rolling <laughs> as some of the humor in the prequels. Okay. Surely it, it can't be because I mean, dude, like you saw in big attack poodle this time. Well, well, no, like, like an <laughs> attack of the clones where we get that entire <laughs> sequence where, you know, 3PO's is being dragged through oh, the arena and he's like God. oh I'm quite by I'm quite beside myself this is such a drag <laughs> you know all that stuff and I'm like that Oof. is the lowest of low for Star Wars humor it's, and it's and pretty it takes rough, the, man. and it takes the tension out of the out of the arena battle in Attack of the Clones which is so spectacular yep. by the way yeah and and I actually just as a side note, when I rewatched the prequels, do you know which movie actually rose, in my opinion, this time? I'm going to guess Attack of the Clones. It was. <laughs> That's funny, uh, because during the during my rewatch recently, The Phantom Menace actually rose quite a bit, and the, <laughs> and the Attack of the Clones, I fell asleep. I... I really had a hard time with it. I had, I really, it was hard. It sunk even further. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. that so, said, there's so something I hear I like you. You're it. saying that Ryan, like there are just moments like that moment at the beginning with general hugs that just don't, from a humor standpoint, just don't land for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so yeah. the same thing with that shot, yeah. it just didn't work for him, but I like the idea and I, I like, I like Leia reaching out in the force or the force choosing to save her, whatever that ends up being. So, okay, yeah. so why don't we move on? Ben, do you have any thoughts about Leia Poppins? I don't know if you really s spoke up about that. Um, I'll defend it till I die, but yeah. there you go. That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I mean, I, what, what we said while you were, like, I guess taking a potty break or something yeah, um, was, uh, was all of a sudden Ben's gone. Uh, and so uh, uh, was just that. From a character standpoint, it was actually a, a pivotal moment for Leia as a 
Leia as a character. Yeah. Um, so, um, so that's that's that. Yeah. yeah. On that. So um, we can talk about Canto Bite if you guys want. We kind of already did. We can just talk about Ray Kylo if you want. Uh, um, can we can we say when it comes to Canto Bite? How about this? Instead of having a thirty minute, comp- I'm proposing this right here. I'm going to right. agree with you. I don't want to talk okay. about instead, it. <laughs> instead of ten minutes on Canto Bite, since we've already had like a hour and a half conversation already or or longer two hours. we say we say <laughs> one thing we really appreciate about canto bite and and something that we think could have been done better that sounds good i like this I like and that. then we just and then we just move on to to the next thing i like this i like this idea okay ben you want to yeah, you want to go yeah cuz yeah canto bite is something that i've actually um i think that i've finally sort of settled on how I feel about it, but it was never really, I never really hated it. Um, something I really like about it is that it shows, um, it shows a side of the universe we haven't really seen before. I like the whole, um, I like that it shows how like, it shows almost something that we learned in the prequels, honestly, which is just that like, both sides are corrupt. (laughs) And, um, this is like, you know, the pe- same people who make the weapons for the good people are making them for the bad. And mm-hmm. um, it's. It, I like that it kind of shows this whole different side of the, of the war that um, we don't get to see too often, and I think it's a really important perspective. And I think that um, I actually really liked the Codebreaker. I thought he was an interesting character. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but uh, <laughs> something I did not like or something I thought that they could have just done a little bit better was I so, something I really appreciate about the prequels. And I honestly think that neither neither of the other trilogies did as well as the prequels did was create worlds that whenever I'm watching it, I go, I've never seen anything like this before. Um, I wish that Canto Bite was less like Las Vegas. I, I think that it just it was a little too attached to reality. Like ninety five percent of the people there were humans. Um, there were hardly any aliens. It felt like, or even droids. Um, it was just like it felt like it was too Earth like for me. And it it's kind of a small gripe in a way, but it's just like it pulled me out of. Um, it kind of that aspect of it pulled me out of the star Wars universe, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I, I honestly have very few gripes about it. I enjoyed the story. I like Rose. I like Finn. I think that their part in the story, um, and the fact that they don't get anything, uh, they don't really actually accomplish anything. And that bugs people. I was like, that's the whole point. <laughs> they went off and disobeyed orders. And that's like, basically a whole theme of this movie is that like Finn was trying to be a hero and it didn't pay out. It didn't pay off for him. Like everything he did was for not. And that's the point. Um, yeah. And some people don't like the fact that it is a film about failure, but it is a film about failure. It's the second movie in a trilogy. I don't know what they expect. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't know. I mean, here's the deal. The last Jedi ends more hopefully than the Empire Strikes Back does. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it ends, in, yes, more, it ends sure. in way more hope with Broom Boy doing his Broom Boy thing. Uh, I love Broom know, Boy. No, I do too. He's, he, he, Broom Boy encapsulates Star It thematically encapsulates what Star Wars is all, yeah. all about. Amen. Um, uh, Josh, what do in, you in like opinion, and dislike about actually, Kento Bite? I don't have... Oh my gosh, like I almost just want to say ditto to Ben, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, be, because, because even though I... I, I think people have something to say when they say that Canto Bite almost kind of throws the the pacing, you know, where it's placed and how long it is, which, by the way, it's not even that long when people, it's like, you know, all together, it's like maybe 10 or 15 minutes of the movie altogether. It's not as long as people say it is. Um, so it's, I feel like some folks are exaggerating a little bit about how much time it takes for them to... They're over get there for there. 45 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> and get out. And it was like, no, they're not. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, but, but I will say this about Canto Bite. Um, it does, as Ben said, encapsulate the theme of, of failure in, in the film and learning from that, that failure and that mistake. You know, they go rogue and they end up not accomplishing anything as a result of it. But what happens as a result of that is that Finn is faced with a true dilemma yeah. at this point. Because Rose is, she because of her background and her story, she 100% hates the First Order, and uh, she's all in. And um, she tells him kind of what Canto Bite is built upon. It's built upon war profiteering and selling weapons of the First Order. But then Finn finds out from DJ with Rose not around, so he has to kind of deal with it himself. He finds out from DJ that, oh, hey, this guy that I just stole a ship from was selling to both sides of the war. Mm-hmm. And, and Finn is faced with this decision that, okay, well, do I just need to go with my original plan in the first place? And that was to just get the heck out of Dodge, you know, and never be seen again. Yeah. Um, but what ends up happening as a result of that um, you know, when they're captured by Holdo, by, by Holdo, good <laughs> by, by, when they're captured by Holdo, yeah, yeah, um, by, by Phasma, and DJ sells them out. Yeah. And, and DJ being the cynical guy that he is, who just sold them for, for money, um, says, you know, it's just business, you know. They blow you up today, you blow them up tomorrow. Yeah. It's just business. Mm-hmm. And then Poe has this moment where he just says two very simple words. He says, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in that moment, as subtle as it is, Finn has decided that even though he knows now, the, the, the veil has kind of been... Uh, the veil of perfection that maybe he thought the first order had has fallen, but he's real. He realizes that even though no side is perfect and, and some people sell to the good side and the bad side, he knows that the resistance 
is the good side. Yeah. And he knows that the cause is worth fighting for even if things aren't perfect. Yeah. And even if mistakes are made and um and he makes that you know, and he makes that decision. Um and then on top of that, he faces the manifestation of his uh his journey as a character, you know, by facing Phasma himself. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um uh and and by the way on a uh you know because she she really Phasma is a symbol in this movie. She was never supposed to be more than, you know, she was another character that I think folks were like had to just be this major character. No, Phasma served a purpose. She was the foil for Finn and she was the symbolic representation of the obstacle that Finn had to overcome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's good. Of, I like that. And that's all she was. She she was like the Boba Fett, you know, <laughs> type type character. You know, only Phasma went out in a way cooler way than Boba Fett. I literally Fett. said that. I literally said that on the show on this uh, this other show we were on the other night. I was like, yeah. she was way more important than <laughs> than Boba Fett actually was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Um. So 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 I actually really like, mm-hmm. and I know it's more subtle. Um. And you're never gonna hit a home run, you know, because filmmakers aren't perfect. You're never gonna hit a home run with every character perfectly but finn has a very clear arc in the last jedi it's there it's present you can track it from beginning to end and he finally gets to a point where he decides that he's committed to the resistance um and he's willing to actually die for it yeah yeah and so he has a very clear arc in that movie people can dice it up but so canto bite is what i'm saying is canto bite is is central to Finn's arc yeah. and um, and his experience. And if you take it out, you lose some of Finn's arc and development as as a result of it. And so you don't have to like Canto Bite. You can think that there are some mistakes. I agree, like, aesthetically. I love the casino planet idea, but make it a little bit more alien. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally agree with that. Um, he said, so I was, the, sorry, real quick, I was but, watching the... Um, the commentary today on uh, I was watching the movie with the commentary of Ryan Johnson with it, and uh, he said that um, for this part he gave them very very specific instructions on the colors that they could be wearing black and white. That's mm-hmm. it, and I think that had a lot to do with the aesthetic of that scene being so earth like. It was because mm-hmm. that is those are very like fancy pants earth like type like people wearing tuxedos and and stuff like that and black dresses and stuff like that i feel like that kind of did make it and it was what he was going for and that's fine but it does it did make it feel like this is las vegas at a really ritzy party (laughs) yeah and i think there could have been a way to convey that to show hey this is this is um, these people are living high and they don't care about what's happening around the universe or what happens to anybody mm-hmm. else or whether they're they're profiting for the right reasons, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. Um, um, 
because uh, Cantobite itself was built on war. Yeah. Okay, Cantobite represents a society that's built upon war profiteering. Right. Okay, and I actually love that. Um, but I think there is a way that they... So my criticism, though, is I, I truly think I get what Ryan was going for, but I think there could have been a way to convey that visually and show that this is a high society function while still keeping it... Um, while, while not playing it so close to, like, Earth reality, our reality. I, I, um, but I get where... I mean, because Ryan Johnson is... He never does anything halfway. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's the kind of filmmaker that's like, I'm not going to half, I'm not going to do anything halfway. <laughs> um, I'm either all in yeah. here or all in there. And and it, and most of the time that works for him because he's brilliant. But sometimes it's, you know. Pretty out there. It's, um, it's Yeah, it's pretty out there, but he's pretty out there. He is. Um, you know, I don't even have an issue in context of Star Wars with some of the political statements that are made. No, um, they work to me. I don't mind that stuff it, at all. Um, and there are a lot of people think that, you know, they take like three or four lines on Canto Bight and say that, you know, The Last Jedi is just rife with, you know, far left, you know, political ideology. And I'm like, are you really harping on like three or four lines in an entire movie? And raise a Mary um, Sue, right? Yeah, which we'll get to. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, and uh, but within the context of Star Wars yeah. and what Canto Bite is and the economic situation that the First Order has established, um, which is basically fascism, um, the political statements made in that moment make total sense. Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> um, uh, so next. Yeah. So for for me. The there's a I, I pretty much agree with you guys on the uh, the criticisms. I'm not even really gonna elaborate more than that because uh, y'all kind of hit it spot on. Um, I love the there is something that I actually there's there's a couple of things I actually really do love about the Canto Bite sequence. And number one is the um, I love how the the symbol of the resistance is a symbol of hope to those young kids. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I, that that was such a small moment, but it was so important to me. And I just think, um, you know, Broom Boy seeing the resistance like that, that to me, that set him on, in my brain canon, that set him on a path where he wants to fight and he wants to be, well, maybe not fight, but he wants to be a Jedi one day because he, um, because he, that spark of rebellion, um, was kind of put into his heart as a young kid by seeing Finn and Rose that day at the stables, you know? Um, and I just think that's such a cool idea. And I loved the whole next generation thing with that, with those kids, that whole idea. Um, there's a pretty simple, that's pretty simple, but that's, that's what I like. That's really what I like about that part. And then on a, um, kind of a duh level, uh, the music on Canto Bite, there's like a theme when they're riding on those little creatures and it's like Jurassic Park. It really reminds me of Jurassic Park. It's a like, and it's just like this, it really, yeah. really reminds me of Jurassic Park, but it really works 
and it's kind of while they're riding in the the moonlight. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, dude, it's so good. And then I also it's John re- Williams. It's, it's John, John Williams. Williams. It's the same guy, so it's not surprising. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. I also really like that that guy on the beach that was like. I, I told, told them you. not to. I told them not to park their van on the, their their ship on the on the beach, but they did it anyway. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. I I die laughing every time that part dude, happens. Dude, Ryan again. Ryan is just like the quirkiest. Yeah, and ninety percent of the time the humor definitely lands for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's just a game. <sighs> um, yeah, um, I love those moments too. I actually like the escape from Canto Bight. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, people say just on a quick side note that you know it was all about them. You know, it became all about them saving the space horses, but they didn't try to save the, you know, children. And I was like, well, here's the deal: the kids helped them escape, and the the they released the horses, but they were they were a distraction. Mm-hmm. They were literally a distraction, yeah. and they rode out on one of them, and they escaped. And so it's it's kind of, again, that's just another criticism that I'm just like, you know, it's a non-issue for me. And, mm-hmm. you know, and didn't Qui-Gon say, I mean, didn't Qui-Gon say in episode one that, you, you know, take a slave. Even, even, even when he was faced with the opportunity, he's like, I didn't come here to free a slave. Right. Yeah. You know? Um, we can argue with the morality of that because I would actually argue that um, if it was me, you know, I would like do everything I possibly could to to free somebody. Absolutely. You know, in, in a situation like that. But we're not those characters. This is, you know, mm-hmm. we're not. You can't. You don't always have the luxury of projecting your own personal morality on like a story <laughs> and its characters. Right. Okay? Right. Like. I mean that that's not for us to like determine. Yeah. But but um but even in that moment it makes it makes sense. You know, they're on a mission and they're just trying to get out of there with the codes and the children help them and they use the fathers which I think are so quirky adorable. It's not even funny. Yeah, they're And I want I one. Love them. You know, they're weird as all get out. And um big floppy ears and uh you know they release them as a distraction and they ride out on one of them and it's a very cool you know cool sequence yeah um so it's all good it's all good and ray is not a mary sue here we go here we go so we got the kylo and ray whole the the whole plot with kylo and ray having um four skype with each other and um which i love and then, um, and then, obviously, the whole it culminates in the throne room at the end. Um, mm-hmm. Lord, okay. Uh, Star Wars bliss. That's this is where I'm happiest in this movie. Honestly, it really is. Um, guys, from the very beginning of this movie, I, I don't understand what people say when. Um, I, and I think that can just be what the title of this episode is. I don't understand, I don't understand what, people, what people say when dot dot dot. <laughs> I don't understand what people say when uh, they say that Ray's character doesn't have a good arc in this in this film. It, it's it's insane to me. I, I it does not make any sense whatsoever. Um, it's people who don't know what an arc is. <laughs> 
Yeah. Or or they wanted her arc to be something else. The, that's yeah. what it is. They they wanted her arc yeah. to be something else. Um, and then they got it when she was a Palpatine, and it. Um, and we're, we're not we're not here to we're not here to talk about <laughs> the rise of Skywalker. So, which by the we're way, I've reconciled myself with as well. I'm so. Yeah, you sound more positive today than I thought you'd sound about that movie. No, well, it's because we're talking about the last. <laughs> you're so you're just so happy, um, but yeah. Anyway, I love Ray in this movie. I love love like to a ridiculous extent the force Skype things between Ray and Kylo, the connection, um, yeah, yeah. the way that they that Ryan Johnson chose to make them to have them interact is really the only way it could have been done and and work. Like like he could have had them. Like, I don't know, like Kylo could have captured Rey and they could have done one of those things we've seen a zillion times where they interact that way. Mm-hmm. D- dude, I just thought the way that they handled this and the way that like the sound cuts out every time it happens and uh, that one oh, yeah. that one part where yeah. their hands, yeah. it, like you see their hands, you literally see the fingerprints on their hands touching and it is i i don't know man the the intimacy and that those moments convey um mm-hmm. they really work for me man that's one another one of the new um force abilities that you know and this one was brought on by snoke obviously that he was yeah. he was actually kind of controlling that um but that is a new force ability that hasn't really been introduced yet and um, I dig it, man. I don't have an issue with it at all. I think it's super, super effective in the storytelling of this movie. And mm-hmm. uh, it's also beautifully, beautifully done. Yeah, and I think Snoke, you know, after the rise of Skywalker, you go, well, then it makes total sense that Snoke tapped into the... He knew that they were a, a dyad mm-hmm. in the Force, and he tapped into that. Um, but he sure as heck wasn't going to tell them. <laughs> Right. You know, that they were, um, because that would threaten his, um, you know, his power. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, he, he, his entire purpose was to make them feel like they had to depend, they had to have him and depend, you know, depend on him. Um, so he was like, it was I who bridged your minds, you know, and, um, uh, yeah, I'm totally with you on that. Love the, as we're calling it, the four Skype moments. Exceptionally well-written scenes between two awesome actors. Insanely um, good. I, I don't know how else to put it. I mean, just the casting was amazing. I love Adam Driver uh, so much. Uh, love Daisy Ridley, obviously. Um, and just the 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 equal parts uh, aggression and tenderness you know, that she brought to mm-hmm. it, um, uh, which at time, which, you know, was a, a foil for Kylo's rage and unpredictability. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, but where they connected is, is in the areas that they were broken. Um, and, and Kylo feeling like he doesn't have a family anymore. And Ray, not even knowing her family yeah. is. Yeah. Um, the, those were the connecting points, you know, between those two characters. And, and Last Jedi explores them so 
compellingly. Um, uh, and it all, like, like you said, uh, Michael, it just, it comes to a head in the, in the throne room scene. Yeah. Mm. You know, um, and, uh, um, you know, when people say that, that Ray is a Mary Sue, I don't even know where they're coming from when they say that. Um, I just want to mention her just really quick. Um, first of all, I don't know how they can say that because Ray, from a character standpoint, is just as much of a tortured soul as Kylo Ren is. Oh, yeah, yeah man. In, in in her own way. Yeah. Um, because she has been waiting for this family that she thinks is going to come back. And she's literally ticking off the days on her wall until they come back. And, and she's having to fend for herself on a desert planet. Um, and, and her hang up, her, her, her hang up throughout the trilogy for the most part, at least the first two films is her inability to embrace her future and who she is now and make a conscious decision to let the past go. Yeah. And 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 she's finding identity everywhere that she possibly can. And even Kylo Ren tells her that. Yep. Yeah. Okay, he says you're looking for it in everyone. In everyone. You're looking for significance and identity. And Luke and Han. Yeah. Everyone. And she knows he's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you can see it in her face. And so First of all, you've got to actually define what Mary Sue is, because as far as I can tell, she does not fit that label. Because one, she's got internal conflict that she has to overcome, mm -hmm. which she does slowly but surely. Number two, if you're going to call her a Mary Sue from a physical standpoint because of her force abilities, first of all, the sequel trilogy deals with that pretty darn well. Mm -hmm. Um as the story unfolds about how Ray came into what she is, you know, yeah. with Snoke saying that, you know, with the way that the Force operates, when when Ben Solo became Kylo Ren and rose in the darkness, the Force rose raised, to, you know, the, rose to meet it, right? Yeah, right. You know, darkness rises and light to meet it. The Force has always had that yin yang, mm. you know, balance. El, el, balance an element to it um and the force can choose anybody mm -hmm. you know it and um uh because the force uh, ha, you know all is is the force wills it as chirrut Emwe would would say which uh -huh. is one of my favorite quotes ever because it quotes rogue one and you know some people who really really hate the last jedi put rogue one at like the very top of their you know, Disney era Star Wars film. So I love to quote The Last Jedi back to them. Uh, and so, uh, and I, I think I love Rogue. I lo I've loved to quote Rogue One back to them. I'm sorry. And I, I think Rogue One is great and it just gets better with, with more viewings. But yeah, it um, really does. But, but, but the, um, but the force has a will of its own. Um, and the force has this balance that it attempts to achieve, but you can also manipulate it to an extent yourself. Mm -hmm. And so, 
you know, the, the who Ray is is encapsulated in the title of episode seven, too. You know, it's called The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about Ray and Kylo awakening in the Force, predominantly Ray, I would say. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, and so, you know, when it comes to like training and having to have all this training, all we know from Star Wars is that training helps hone abilities. It doesn't determine how powerful you are. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't determine your natural connection to the force. And in fact, Ray being somebody who's been a scavenger on Jakku her entire life has had to develop fighting skills herself and has probably used the force without even realizing it just naturally because of who she is and how she's had to grow up, you know, um, um, on Jakku by herself, fending for her. You saw her with her staff, man. Yeah. Yeah. She was, she was kicking tail with that thing, which is why she swung a lightsaber like a staff. So like clunkily, you know, Mm -hmm. and everything. Why she should have had a double bladed lightsaber the whole time, but whatever. I, I, well, yeah, I wish at the very end it would have been a, yeah, at the very end of Rise of Skywalker, I wish you would have seen two oh, blades. God, that would have been. Um, but I do like the yellow. That was really yes, cool. Super cool. Um, and, and it looked, and it was her staff too that she converted, yep. which is really neat. So, um, um, which is a fan theory that I was glad came true. So, um, but, so Ray has plenty of internal conflict the force is pliable enough, number one, and the story explains enough about who Ray is. So even from an ability standpoint, she's not a Mary Sue. So, um, you know, and if you're going to call her one, you know, Luke Skywalker, from an ability standpoint, Luke Skywalker, after a couple conversations with, you know, Obi-Wan before he, you know becomes, you know, Force Ghost Obi-Wan uses the Force to guide a proton torpedo into the Death Star, okay? And he knows barely anything about the Force at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just like, you know, he just hears a voice. Use the Force, Luke. And Luke's like, uh, okay, I know how to do that uh, now. Yeah, and and but Obi Wan is like let go, Luke. Yeah, yeah. Let go, Luke. So so much of the Force and the control. One thing that's thematically true, and it happens with Ray and moments with Ray too, where, where, where from a, uh, from a, when it comes to the Force, the Force. Um, the force's power manifests itself in you even more when you are actually calm, yeah, and at peace, and you're a and and you let go of of the fear or the anger that's right in front of you if you're on the light <laughs> light side of the ledger, right? Um, uh, and and that's exactly what Ray does and what she learns to do. I mean, she even says that this thing has always been inside me and now it's awake and I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I just don't get um, 
you know, even her journey from The Force Awakens to The Last Jedi, I do not see how anybody can call her... No. Her a Mary Sue. I don't either, man. I, I, I don't. And I think she's a compellingly written, strong female character, yes. Oh, yeah. But she's given plenty of struggle, <laughs> you know, yeah. and things to overcome. She's not handed... In fact, she's not handed anything on a silver platter. No. Nothing. In, in fact, Ryan Johnson intentionally wrote Rey in The Last Jedi to constantly give her the answer... That she didn't want. Yeah. That's oh. how he approached... That. By the way, that's how he approached her character in The Last Jedi. Yes. He said, my... I constantly... He said, like, even when it came in that moment when he was trying to decide how to deal with her parentage, he's like, what is the most earth-shattering thing that she can hear right now, basically? That would just devastate her. <laughs> yeah. And that's how he approached that mm-hmm. character. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen. You know? yeah. uh, um, so that's yeah, my yeah. thought. On ben, what about you, man? I... Um, I think that all of the stuff with Ray and Kylo in this movie is like the most, some of the most compelling stuff in the whole thing. I mean, even people who don't like The Last Jedi, a lot of times I'll hear them say, I liked the stuff with Ray and Kylo. That's pretty cool. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they just kind of say that in passing and then they start bashing Luke or something. And so it's like they... Like the loot, there's something about the Ray and Kylo story that resonates with people, and I mean, I think that that has to do with the fact. I think that one has to do with just their performance. I mean, Daisy Ridley and Adam Driver just absolutely owned these characters, and I think the Last Jedi is when they really came into their own. And I also honestly think it's when uh, they were at their best. Um, and when they felt like the most like they were themselves in a way um, in this mm-hmm. whole sequel trilogy. Oh, I like and that. I think that, um, you know, it was really cool to see both of them. Um, I mentioned this earlier, but it was like they were having to reckon with um, a side of them they weren't comfortable with. Ray had to sort of reckon with the darkness inside of her and Kylo was reckoning with the light inside of him. And then it, you know, culminates in that moment in the throne room where they're they're reaching out to each other, and that like the light and the dark are like about to meet in the middle in some way, but they're both still thinking in extremes, and I don't know, man. There's just like there's a really interesting moment there, and there's a lot of interesting thoughts that Kyle. I I, it was, I I tell people this sometimes. Watching the Last Jedi is one of those times like where I'm in the theater as an adult. And it's the it's one of the times where I'm watching the movie, and the villain Kylo is like explaining his whole like idea, and like what he thinks is a great idea and stuff. Let the past die. And, yeah, and I'm and I'm sitting there and I'm watching and I'm like, his methods are extreme, but he's got a lot of points. You know, like it's like he's not wrong. You know, but I was like, I was like he's extreme and he's wrong in his approach, but he's not wrong in the concept of what he's saying. Um, and so it was just, man, I think that all of the stuff between them was so good for not only their characters, like individually, but they just do so much for each other. Like they, like those two characters together are the heart and soul of this trilogy. Mm -hmm. Um, and in the last Jedi, I think it was at its best personally. Um, so 
I I love all of that. Um, I I also would agree. I don't understand the whole like Ray is a Mary Sue thing. Honestly, I just ignore it. Like I haven't even thought about it because I'm just like that's a stupid. Like why? How, where are you getting that? Um, <laughs> well, but I mean it's an, it's an easily it's an easily debunked criticism. Exactly. Too. That's it's, and I think that's why I don't pay attention to it a lot because it's yeah. like in my mind I'm like this doesn't even make sense. You know, well, and, and and here's the deal. I'm not, you know, I'm not really big. I wasn't really big on her being a Palpatine. But here's the deal. If you had an issue with the power that she had and you didn't think it was justified, the Rise of Skywalker should fix that issue for you. And so I don't want to hear anybody calling her Mary Sue anymore after the Rise of Skywalker. If you had an issue with her, you know, her. Yeah. Yeah. Her powers up to that point, because. Because yeah. she, they gave her a, a lineage with the most powerful Sith Lord, <laughs> you know, ever, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. and so you shouldn't be calling, and I'm still, I still see people calling her a Mary Sue even after the, the Rise of Skywalker. And I'm like, what? Whatever. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Like, like what could have been done it's, to make you happy then? What what could have been done? I don't know. Yeah. Like, did you need like a thirty minute? Training Ray should have sequence? been a boy, and it should have been R A Y. Oh my! Yeah, <laughs> Ray. Ray. Billy Ray. Ray. Oh um, man. Ray Bob. Yeah. So I don't know. I just don't know. I mean, there. You know, it's just impossible to please everybody. And and especially in the Star Wars fandom, um, yeah. And 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 I like it when filmmakers make the craft of their filmmaking and the story they're trying to tell the main thing. And yes, definitely consider the fans. Maybe there's even some ideas out there that you could use, but don't let that distract you from telling the story that you want to tell. As long as it's going to be a good story. Like, don't... Yeah. You know, and... Uh, so, you know... And then, on top of that, not only was she a Palpatine, we fi- find out, which I actually love, that 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 Ray and Kylo are what's called a dyad in the Force, which Palpatine recognizes has not occurred within the Force for centuries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, which adds another layer of force mythology that I love. Okay. Yeah. And so I love, I, love I think it makes, in, in fact, them, what we experience with Rey and Kylo Ren in The Last Jedi and them being that dyad concept in The Rise of Skywalker fits like a Lego, <laughs> you know, like two Lego pieces. I, I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I really really think that that's a compelling concept of a of a uh, where basically they were spiritually one, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. In 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 many ways, and so I I think that that's that's great. Um, and in fact, on a side note, I don't think that she needed to be a Palpatine because they were a Force dyad, and that was com- that justified, you know that. That kept the movie and the story going forward, and the characters developing without that. But, but we're not here to 
<laughs> right, so, right. Um, I just, I just, I just loved, I loved the fact that she was actually a nobody. Yeah, um, me too. and I thought it made her interesting and compelling. I and, did too, man. And, mm-hmm. and 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 I, I feel like we kind of lost something there. Um, and I'm not even talking about like a fan expectation. Like I, it had to be this way, and I'm trying to put like an arbitrary boundary on the storytelling. I'm I'm saying from like a storytelling standpoint part of what Ray made compelling made her compelling in and of herself was that she was this scavenger from Jakku that that um the and the force awakened right you know in inside of her you know and I think it would have been totally fine to learn more about her lineage and who her parents were and give her more struggle in the rise of Skywalker. Cause obviously her arc wasn't finished yet. Right. You don't, yeah. your arc's not finished yet. So give her more struggle, give her more things to find out. But, um, I didn't think that, that, that her character, like making her Palpatine was, was necessary for her character journey, nor do I think it even fit her very well. Um, but it is what it is. And like I said, I've reckoned, I've reconciled, I've reconciled with it. So, um, because Daisy, I mean, Daisy still just knocks it out of the park in that movie and owns. Yeah, for sure. I mean, she just owns all of it. Like, even if you don't like some of the choices made, she owns it all through her performance. Yes. You know, um, that's just how awesome she is. Um, so, uh, at any rate, that's a, yeah. Sorry to go off on that. Tangent. No, dude, you're but, good. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Uh, but, um, but yeah, and we've already talked a whole lot about Kylo Ren and the, you know, the the dichotomy between mm-hmm. you know Ben Solo and Kylo Ren and mm-hmm. um, how he's how he's explored and um, how he struggles with that you know with the light inside of him, um, which is the contrast to Ray who struggles with the darkness inside of her. And that's why they're so fascinated with one another. Um, yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. So uh, we should wrap it up here in just a minute, but I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't just talk for a minute about that throne room fight scene just on a purely surface level awesomeness <laughs> yeah. level. Less- Are you saying we're not going to complain about like a digitally disappearing weapon and then call it horrible choreography because they removed something digitally during that fight? Like, have you seen that? Have you seen all that? Yeah. Okay. Mm. Well, uh, uh, it moves so fast, but apparently somebody decided that they were going to scrutinize a fast flowing fight scene in this movie frame by frame. And they found a particular frame where one of the guards has a weapon and then the weapon is not there. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 but people have lost their minds. And now all they of a sudden have... it's a horribly choreogra- choreographed yeah, fight scene. All, right. Hey, right. All do, of a sudden do you know a movie terrible. that also is, is missing not just a weapon in a frame, but the frame, like the character is missing in the frame, is the first Jurassic Park movie, the T-Rex literally disappears from frame 
or no, no, no. It was like the whenever he was like holding the raptor or whatever, the raptor mm-hmm. disappears for one whole frame. Uh, in whenever he's holding the Are raptor, you serious? To, yeah, it the the, the well, raptor disappears for a whole frame. So yeah, well, things well, happen in yeah. movies, guys. <laughs> they do, and I always tell people if you're watching it that way and scrutinizing it frame by frame, you're not watching it how the filmmaker intended you to watch it. Right, so, you're not watching um, it. You're also like. It, I, Nobody's gonna want to watch movies with you. No, <laughs> if that's no, how you I mean, watch movies, like that's no fun at all. No, it, it, it's not. I almost feel like we haven't even hit on Kylo Ren and Ben Solo enough. Um, maybe we have, but but he's just such a fascinating character. But a lot of who his character is and what he's dealing with is encapsulated within the front throne room scene. Yes, himself. Yeah. Um, and so while we kind of talk about just that pure Star Wars bliss that that entire scene is, we may want to just take a few minutes and kind of unpack, um, you know, Kylo, Kylo Ren's journey there, you know, too, um, uh, because it's such a crucial part of this whole, of this whole moment. I tell, I sat there aghast when he killed Snoke. I know, yeah. me too. And I was thrilled beyond belief when he did that. Like, yeah. Like, I was just like, that, I did not expect that to happen, but <laughs> I'm so glad it did. Uh, because Snoke was never that interesting anyway. And <laughs> Okay, but that said, it, be- Andy Serkis is yeah. phenomenal no, of in course. every scene okay. as Snoke. He... he in the scene in particular, the scene that he dies, he has this whole monologue, and it is... Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. It's one of my oh, favorite so moments of the movie. It's just so evil, and his voice, <laughs> and his... Oh, his, I know. I don't know, man. Andy Serkis is on another level with, with, like, motion capture acting and just, like, having him come through that. I just had to give a shout-out, because I agree with you. Snoke is not the most interesting character ever, but, like... Andy Circus, man, pulled every ounce of interesting ability oh. out of that character. Yeah. <laughs> he he did. I mean, he gave Snoke a reason to exist, but mm. you know, Snoke was a relic of the past that needed to be dispensed. And Kylo, in that moment, he was tired of being pushed around by Snoke. And um he actually wanted to save Ray's life, even if it was for selfish reasons mm-hmm. at the time. Um, and Snoke was story fuel for Kylo Ren, you know, um, for him to become who he was meant to be. He had to take Snoke out. Yeah. Um, and, and that was Snoke's purpose. Snoke's purpose yeah. wasn't any more than that. You know, you when you when you're building characters like this, you have your main characters and you have your supporting characters. And Snoke is very much a supporting character that exists to support Kylo Ren's character journey. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. And I'm sorry that he wasn't a cloned version of Palpatine or whatever some people wanted him to right. <laughs> wanted him to be. <laughs> Or wanted like a thirty-minute sequence explaining who Snoke is and where he came from. I don't care. I I don't care. We can learn about that in comics and books and all that, you know, minutia, which is what those are for. When you've got two and a half hours to 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 
to make a movie, you're not going to spend a lot of time on a character you're about to kill. Right. Um, which, which I, again, was just I just think so brilliant. One of the most brilliant moments in all of Star Wars is when Snoke, because he's so puffed up with the dark side, a lot like Palpatine and his pride, he's Snoke is deceiving him in that very moment. And what Snoke thinks he's seeing and perceiving is exactly the opposite. Yeah, of what it is, and when he just it's like Kylo Ren just like. Flicks his fingers and that lightsaber, the Skywalker blade, the legacy blade ignites and cuts him in half. And they spend the next three minutes in, in a moment that is just, uh, it's just like blows my mind every time I watch it and it's earned. That's the thing. Yeah, man. It's not just action. It's great action in and of itself, but everything that leads up to that moment is earned. Yeah. And and you're there with those characters and you're fighting with those characters and there they are in the mushy middle with yin and yang making that gray for a little while. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you know, uh. and 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 uh and then at the very end of it the legacy Blade splits apart, thereby splitting them back apart. Yep. Um, it's just so I can't even. I I can't even. Yeah. Really. <laughs> the, I mean, I. <laughs> it's just so. There's so much going on. Yeah. In this scene. Yeah. This is a that week. I mean, this is just a scene where like I get, I get like every single time, the moment happens where he 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 kills Snoke. They get the blade. And then they go back to back and it goes slow motion for like a second or whatever uh-huh. while the while the music just kind of like the strings do this really suspenseful sort of <laughs> like the thing. When that happens, I get chills. And like when I was watching it in the theaters, I literally like my thought while I was watching it was like, I don't know if anything has ever been better than this moment <laughs> right now. Like, like I've never like I was like in the moment just like. This is yep. the best thing I've ever seen in my life. This is this is it. Like this takes the cake. Oh. Give it all the awards, whatever. I don't care. Like yeah, for for me it happens <laughs> as soon as you the, you know the lightsaber cuts through yeah. Snoke, but then it comes out while still horizontal, and <sighs> Ray grabs it out of the air, and yeah. the music right there when it hits Ray's hand uh. it goes. It's oh, y'all so good. That throne room scene is. Got right now. <laughs> it is golden. Yeah. And it's golden for like not just on us, obviously, like on a filmmaking level, this scene is thrilling to watch and everything. But it's it it's made so much better because of what it means for the characters yes. too. It's yes. like everything in the movie has been leading up to this moment and <clears throat> and like watching Ray and Kylo work together, and it's like you've been watching them for Skype this whole movie. <laughs> and you've been watching them like grow closer and closer together, and then you see them fight back to yep. back, and it's just like something I didn't think I was gonna see in this movie. Like after after the Force Awakens, I thought that the trajectory of the story was that, uh, which this still would have been cool in my opinion, but like 
Um, you know, because it ends with like Snoke saying like like bring Kylo Ren back to me. He has more training to do or something like that. And then Ray is off looking for Luke. And so I thought we were gonna get this really cool little like side by side of these two training, um, and like seeing them learn like that or whatever. We didn't really see Kylo training, um, but like we did get Ray training. And while she's training, she's like talking to Kylo and all this stuff. And so whenever the throne room happens, it's just, it feels so earned. It feels like it all pays off. It's entertaining. It's beautiful. The music is perfect. The, you know, you could talk about the choreography if you want, but honestly it looks great in like while you're watching the movie. So it really doesn't matter that much. Does it? Um, so, you know, it's just Everything they did, it accomplished the goal of the scene. And the not just all of that, but the set design itself is also Dude. sick. It's really, it's really, it's so. No in, CGI in the, in, the, in the set design. It's all there. It's a practical yeah, set. I know. And the set was burning while they were fighting yeah, on yeah. it. And apparently it was very warm. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you both, you both have seen the director in the Jedi, right? I have. Is that actually. the, is that the, the documentary that's on the, the bonus features? Yeah. Please yes, put I in have. the last Jedi disc and watch the director in the Jedi because you will geek out on a whole other level when you watch that documentary. If you have it, I it have sounds seen like it, but I'm going to watch it again. <laughs> it's so good. It's like, it's like, it's just, it's just an hour and a half of just the making of the last Jedi and the process that Ryan and Mark go through together and their relationship and the trust yeah. that's built there, even in situations in which Mark wasn't so sure, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, about things. And he had to grow, too. And um, and it's just a great documentary. But so so he kills Snoke. He becomes supreme leader. We have this huge leap for him as a character where he becomes supreme leader in that moment, basically by default, because he kills Snoke. And then... You know, you've got this interesting reversal where Ray is going there and she is fully confident there's not an ounce of her that doubts that she is going to turn him. Mm -hmm. And she utterly fails Mm -hmm. at doing that. And he's the one who turns it on her, takes advantage of her her emotions because of her parents the her parents and the and the insecurity that she has mm-hmm. about that and tells some truth in there but kind of mixes it mixes it up with some manipulation mm-hmm. as well um you know i've always said in that moment that what ray repeats back to herself and admits is true because she's admitting it but what she doesn't is open to interpretation you know, um, you know, that's really interesting scene, you know, um, uh, but, but then, you know, Kylo's like, he's, so he's both a Skywalker and a Solo. He is the legacy character in this trilogy. And he's saying that legacies don't matter and we need to burn it all to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, like, I almost want to repeat myself because what Kylo Ren represents in that moment is, is 
this radical young person who reaches a point where he's like, all of that stuff that I grew up with and was taught is garbage. And this is my story. Yeah. I have a place in it by birthright. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to destroy it all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, still and hanging on. <laughs> yeah. I, oh my gosh. That's so good. And then, you yes. know, and then he manipulates Ray by telling her that, that she has no place in the story. Yeah. You know, that he does. You're nobody. And you're nobody. But not to me. But not to me. Not to me. That's it's a not. I don't recommend that as a pickup line. <laughs> You're nothing. But but not to me. You know, if he was trying to, if he was trying to, end, if he was trying to get on Ray's good side, it's probably <laughs> probably not the not the best not the best thing. But so so you know, yeah, it ends with them struggling over the legacy blade, mm-hmm. and it splits in half in. Michael's favorite sequence in the movie <laughs> at the same time that the Holdo maneuver occurs and so on. And um, and she leaves empty-handed, but but at that point they couldn't be further... They're, they're apart again. Mm-hmm. You know, so they experience this moment of gray where it was all kind of mixing together and 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 then they and then they were apart again and he becomes supreme leader. And I love that moment at the end when... You know, Hux, who's such a weasel, uh, anyway, uh, is just like, you killed the Supreme Leader, you know, and yeah. he's, you know, the chosen. The Supreme Leader mm-hmm. is dead. Is dead. Long live. <laughs> yeah, long live the Supreme Leader. I just, <laughs> I love that because it's it's Kylo, that, that character journey is so important to him because, because as I've thought about it even more, he had one idea in mind at the beginning of all this when he's going to kill Snoke and he's going to turn Ray and they're going to go off and make this, you know, you know, the Sith and the Jedi are no more and they're just going to use the force to their benefit. But they're going to be, you know, without those labels, basically. And and uh, and but then when he fails at turning her he he basically has no choice but to embrace the very destiny at least in that moment that 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 maybe he didn't he didn't want yeah. to 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 be you know to begin with possibly um uh certainly when he lands on crate and he's pursuing pursuing the first order knowing that his own mother is probably down there there's a lot more resolve in Kylo Ren as supreme leader than than the way he was, you know, previously. Yeah. Um, because it's just kind of like, hey, we've, um, well, that whole thing didn't work out with Ray. I guess I'm, <laughs> I, I, I guess I'm going in this, I guess I'm going in this, in this direction instead. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we find out in the rise of Skywalker, even as he's operating as Supreme Leader, he has his own agenda. Still, yeah. yeah, you know that he's pursuing, um, which is pretty interesting, I think. Um, so that's kind of my overview, anyway, of that. Yeah, you know that that whole, you know that whole scene, and um, it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. man, I love it. Do you have sure. any final thoughts, Ben, on that on that wonderful scene? 
<laughs> I don't think so, man. I mean, I think I think I said everything I wanted to about it. It's just yeah, it's just one of my favorites, and yeah. I will enjoy it every single time I watch it. Yeah, I think we can all confidently say that, <laughs> all three of us. Um, <laughs> all right, you guys, yeah. it is getting pretty late, <laughs> and it, it, is. it definitely is, and so we should probably call it. We there's a good chance I will split this into two episodes. Um, and, uh, but yeah. So Josh, dude, thank you so much for coming on. This was a freaking blast. Yeah, I know. We kind of went all over the place, but we allowed ourselves to kind of do that here or there, which I, I like the natural conversation. Oh, we much prefer it that way too, man, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I'm just looking forward to, you know, as soon as we get off here, I'm going to see what, um, uh, Project Luminous is all about. Yeah, we didn't even get to talk about um, that. Know, <laughs> there, there should be some pretty interesting information about that publishing project that they're releasing details on, mm-hmm. and then we should actually hear about you know the next the next Star Wars movie pretty soon too. Um, so I'm looking forward to yeah. that, and then more Mandalorian in October. And oh yes, you know they're. You know, going to be filming Obi-Wan soon. And, you know, we've got the Cassie and Andor prequel series to Rogue One, which I can't wait to have more Cassian and K2. My, I just really need that in my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so um, really even more K2 than Cassian, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Well, dude, I just uh, need the Rebellion. I, I just need the Rebellion. I love the yeah, Rebellion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's just a great era, mm-hmm. and I just have to say as a side note that visually Rogue One is just off the is it's just so off good. the charts, incredible, uh, and blends so exceptionally well with the vibe of the original trilogy yeah. as well. And in fact, you don't, I don't recommend watching A New Hope without watching Rogue One first anymore. Anyway, um, I think same. I think you should. I think you should watch Rogue One. I think there's an argument that could be made that you, that Rogue One is the first Star Wars movie that you watch. Thank you. I actually have made that argument before <laughs> to people. You watch Rogue One? Yep, yep, because it's a new movie and it's made like a new movie, so it tells stories in a at a pace that you're used to and everything. It looks great, it's compelling and it goes right into the stories that we've all fallen in love with for ages. And so it pulls yep. you in, it lets you see sort of Star Wars in a modern way but still telling a story that ties perfectly into the old. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it I literally want... leads right into the old. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, 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 it's seamless how they, how they do that. Yeah. Um, good stuff. Yeah, the man. only thing I ask, the only thing I ask before we sign off from, you know, the star Wars, uh, star Wars gods o- over there at Lucasfilm <laughs> that, um, I know that Solo didn't do too well at the box office for a variety of reasons, but but can we please, in some way, shape, or form, get a continuation of that story arc? I really want to see it. Me too. Um, I want to see what happens with the Crimson Dawn mm-hmm. and Kira and Darth Maul uh, in that time frame and... Um, you know, and and Han Solo. You know, you you even at the end of Solo, he's talking about, you know, Tatooine and a crime lord. Yeah. You know, too that he's you know so that kind of begins his whole uh, <laughs> downfall, so to speak, and his tie-ins with 
with Jabba, but oh my gosh, like we've got a, there's so much there to mine. And I, I actually hope the rumors are true about um, maybe like a Lando series with Donald Glover. That'd be cool. So, uh, but those are just rumors. Um, yeah, that would be, be awesome. great. But, yeah. but, you know, but Crimson Dawn, Kira, Darth Maul, all that, I got to see it somehow, yeah. you know. Yeah, that was, man. That was pretty sweet. So, all right, guys. Do you, uh, so, do you have anything you want to plug real quick? We don't, you know, this is, we're still a pretty small podcast, but you can you can plug a, your, your group or whatever. Yeah, no, just, just one more time, um, you know, come, come join us in the, you know, as we discuss Star Wars, um, civilly and respectfully um over at the outer rim if you go to facebook and search the outer rim a star wars group you can find us um and uh, we'd love to have you as part of our community we're almost four thousand members strong and and growing every single day and um, we're really happy and um, delighted with the uh you know with the community that's that's being being built uh, here and we're hoping to do more with the brand, um, um, in, in the future as well. And so when the time comes to talk about those, I'd, you know, I'll, I'll be more than happy to let you all know what that might, you know, what that might look like. But I think, I think the outer rim, um, in my opinion is, is, you know, the core of it's always going to be a discussion group where fans can just, um, enjoy each other and, and the franchise, but, but I think that there are some additional, um, fun things that we can do, um, do with the brand on top of that to just enhance the fan experience. Um, and so, like I said, I'll be, I'll be sure to let you all know uh, when it's, Please do. when yeah. it's time. So, yeah, man. And we'd love to have you back on again at some point too, dude. This has been a freaking blast. We can maybe talk for four hours about, uh, Rise of Skywalker next time. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, yeah. guys. And um, I saw Rise of Skywalker three times in the movie theater, and the third showing was definitely my favorite showing of it all. And and uh, there's a lot to love in that movie. And one thing I'll say about it, in spite of some storytelling issues that I do do have with it. Um, you can still tell that it's made with a lot of love by somebody who loves Star Wars yeah. and just wants to just wants to tell a story that makes fans, you know, feel good. Absolutely. Yeah. And Absolutely. and and I'm never gonna take that away from, you know, Abrams and I know he put a lot of hard work and passion <laughs> into into that movie. Oh, yeah. And um um I am just, you know, it's a personal preference thing when it comes to styles of storytelling. I'm more of a Ryan Johnson guy than I am a J.J. Abrams guy. Sure. You know? Yeah. And, but together they really created a, I think together when you look at the trilogy as a whole, it's just, it's this really interesting uh, body of work to explore how they, how they connect. Yeah. How they connect to one another. For sure. Um, and so I'd love to talk about it, you know, at some point and focus on all the things that I think we love about it and even talk about the things that maybe didn't click for us. Yeah, yeah for so, sure. Absolutely, um, man. But Lord knows that as soon as that comes out on video, I'm just going to watch the heck out of it. Yeah, Me too. So, <laughs> well, I can't wait because I'm when that comes out, I'm just going to do a back-to-back watch of the of the sequel trilogy and just... 
you know, try to explore maybe, you know, with in light of the rise of Skywalker, try to see some threads in retrospect that, that, um, that, that maybe I didn't see beforehand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. You know, kind, kind, kind of thing. So, um, that's what I'm all about doing. As Rose would say, <laughs> uh, oh, wait. save, save what we love, not, okay. you know, destroy what we hate. Yeah. I yeah, thought you yeah. were going to do, I thought you were going to do that thing for <laughs> that from thing where it's just Dick like, Jane. like my, like my, yeah, from fun with Dick and Jane. There's like, like my grandpappy used to say, no, and then just leave it, and then say yeah. nothing. <laughs> no, just just the. I think that line from Rose, if people can call it cheesy all they want, but I mm, think that's how, that's how we should. I think it's how we should. Mm-hmm. I think it's how we should approach Star Wars. Yeah, for sure. Ooh. You know, I like it. Save what you love. You know, and um, mm. so, anyways, guys, yeah. I appreciate. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely going to be a better uh, two-parter for sure. Um, yeah. So Ben, do you have yeah. any do you have anything else you want to add before we go? Um, no, uh, I'll just go ahead and plug our social media though real quick. Um, yeah, yeah. You can find us on Instagram at Point of View Pod. Um, you can join our Facebook discussion groups called a certain Point of View discussion group. A lot of great conversations going on there every week um, and just a lot of great different opinions and all that stuff. It's really fun. Uh, and also, if you want to, if you're into gaming, uh, I've been streaming on my Twitch channel at Cap'n Benji. Uh, so twitch.tv slash Cap'n Benji. That's Cap'n like Cap'n Crunch. Uh, I've been playing the Old Republic MMO lately. It's been pretty fun. Uh, it's some pretty cool storytelling going on in there. So, um, yeah. Oh, and you can also email us at... Uh, POV podcast two at gmail.com. Yep. You heard it. You heard it. All right, Josh. Thanks again. Yeah. And this has been a certain point of view and may the force be with you always. <laughs>